0: Good morning and welcome to another episode of Exit Strategies Radio Show. I am your host, Corwin J. Millett, broker and owner of Exit Realty Low Country Group in beautiful North Charleston, South Carolina. If this is your first time listening to this show, you, sir or ma'am, are in for a treat because our mission here is very simple. That is to empower our community through financial literacy and real estate education. We're legacy building. That is what we do so if you're out there making things happen with your family for the generations yet to come you know our word teaches us to leave a legacy to leave an inheritance for our children's our children's children and so forth and so on we want you to put a hashtag on that thing that says that you are legacy building because that is what you are doing you can find us on facebook youtube anchor fm you can also find us on instagram at our website Show.com. You can catch us in a number of different places on your favorite podcast applications We appreciate you listening Please share this content with your friends your family, your co-workers even those in your groups your church groups, etc. guys because sometimes the message and the word that we are speaking here today is for you sometimes it is for someone else that you know Again, we appreciate you listening Let's get started Good morning, good morning, and good morning, guys. Welcome to another fabulous episode of Exit Strategies Radio Show. Hey, I'm your host, Colin and Jay Millett, broker and owner of Exit Realty Group in beautiful North Charleston, South Carolina. Guys, if it's your first time listening to this show, I always say this, and we always prove ourselves correct, that you are in for a treat because our mission, our mission here at Exit Strategies Radio Show is to empower our community through financial literacy And real estate education. Guys, we are legacy building. That is our hashtag. So, as I always ask you, when you're doing those wonderful things, when you're investing within yourself to create and build a legacy for your family for generations yet to come, guys, I want you to put that hashtag on that thing that says that you're legacy building because that's what you're doing. So, today, guys, I am super, super, super excited. Guys, you know, we have been on this mission internally to bring you the best guests, to bring you the best speakers, to bring you the people who are making an impact and making a difference, not only in, quote unquote, our local space, but at the national and international level as well. And guys, today I'm super excited to introduce to you Scott Crone with the Dakota Management Group. Scott, how are you doing today?
1: I'm doing well. I, I wasn't sure you were talking about me when you, were to, you did that introduction there.
0: Well, look. Just so you know, at the right um, time. My, my, look, I actually hire myself out for introductions. Okay. Um, so yeah, that's that new thing that I that I'm putting into place this year. You know, so please let me know, and I'll make sure I send you a quote for my services. I appreciate <laughs> it. So Scott, look, I think that's why the hype man. Is that what it is? Yeah, <laughs> well, exactly. Look, because we, we got to bring energy to anything that we do, right? You know, my word for last year was impact. Uh, my word for this year is increase. So if I go backwards, I'm gonna say that I'm gonna increase my impact. How about that? that good. <laughs> so Scott, you are. Look, so we we were talking, you know, for our listeners, guys, you know, Scott and I was we were chatting it up, quote unquote, behind the scenes before we came into the studio officially. And in our conversation, you know, Scott, you have we jokingly said this, but you've been a real estate investor or investing in real estate for. A while for a long time, I think it was the word that we used, and you said that's relative or something like that. Correct?
1: That is correct. It, it is relative, and for me, it seems like a long time, but for others, <laughs> it
0: might not be. <laughs> well, so let me tell our listeners. So, Coda Management Group, you have a few different companies. So, I want to make sure we we kind of talk about all of them and, and what each of them do um, as we kind of delve into more of a conversation. But if you don't mind, introduce yourself. You're a Coda Management Group. But tell our listeners a little bit more about you, who you are, and what got you to where we are today.
1: Well, my my real estate career began when I was getting my master's degree in architecture. And I was fortunate enough to get a professor who was a real estate developer, an architect, and contractor, and and he worked on multifamily developments. And so my master's thesis was a $100 million, 400-unit development on 50 acres. And so I was his TA. That meant I worked for him in the morning and then I went to class with him in the afternoon and then I did homework for him in the evening. And so, you know, the, the only other thing I could do is sleep. So that, you know, that was pretty much my life in, in graduate school for three and a half years. But I got a wealth of experience because when I was working for him, I w- my undergraduate was in history, which mm-hmm. meant that I could read and write. That's mm-hmm. the only thing he meant. It. So I was on the development side while a lot of my classmates were furthering the drawings and developing the drawings. Mm-hmm. And then when I went to class, I would work on my, on my portion of my drawings and then, uh, homework, I would continue that. And so I got the architectural side of it. And I also got the development side of it. And so mm-hmm. at the ripe old age of 28, so that's where it's relative. You know, I thought I knew everything at 28 and I'm like, Oh my gosh, how stupid was I back then? <laughs> um, I began coded design build. We began Coda and we were a development architectural and, and contracting company at the time. And, um, we began in single-family homes, and then we quickly moved into multifamily as well. And we've we've worked on five different churches and and mm-hmm. done a range of things. And then the crash came, mm-hmm. and everybody was being pushed into multifamily. But that's when I began discovering about self-storage. In mm-hmm. 2013, we started Coda Management Group, which is more on the commercial side. Mm-hmm. And uh, since then, since 2013, we've been developing a portfolio of self-storage. I sold off my apartments. We've been focusing on that and then in 2020, 2021, we started one-stop self storage to facilitate our our self storage portfolio.
0: So, you know, one of the things that that people I think sometimes miss and and it's interesting and I, I this this thing just kind of boom when you said you sold off the apartment buildings. So, you know, people always look at traditional investing when it comes to real estate, houses or apartments or what have you. And what you did was in Tell me if I'm wrong. So I'm, I'm telling you what I've heard you say. I heard you say that you exchanged people for stuff. What I mean <laughs> okay, by yeah. yeah. So what happened was you got rid of the people because people have issues. So you got rid of the people and just kept their stuff. <laughs>
1: that is a good way of explaining. I haven't I haven't quite communicated that way. The way I've described it is uh apartments without toilets. <laughs> and uh it's all a box. I mean, I've worked on 14 million dollar homes and I've worked on Hundred thousand dollar homes, and you know the only difference is how much stuff we put into those homes. Mm-hmm. So if, if we take that analogy, a self storage is just the most simplistic form of that box, right? Mm-hmm. It's just a box with nothing that people can put their own stuff in it, mm-hmm. as opposed to me putting theaters or kitchens or bathrooms or those sorts of things.
0: Mm-hmm. So
1: to me, it's it's all the same equation. It's just a matter of how
0: complex the box is. That's fair. That's fair. And you know, you get you got out of the. The people problem business, so to speak. Because yes. I mean now that's rampant, especially in multifamily housing. You know, a tenant floods out a unit and you've impacted in a building, according to how high you go up, you've impacted everybody below them. So you may have several people displaced because of one simple little thing. But when you don't have the people, all you have is the stuff that's a different animal. So that's very interesting. So you can use it just just by the way, you can <laughs> From I went from, I, I it got comes with of, an introduction. Yeah, it comes with the introduction. You know, <laughs> I got rid of the people. I kept the stuff. Now we just manage the the space. Their stuff stays in without the people in it. <laughs> Absolutely, I like that. Yeah, exactly. So let's talk about. You've done a number of things, and a lot of our listeners, you know, Scott, are kind of, um, you know, everybody approaches it. I think I, you know, kind of said this a little earlier that most people kind of approach real estate investing the same way. They do the same tunnel vision, the same box. They want to. First start with a rental, they get a rental property and have a person in it. And some people get turned off to that and then do kind of what you've done or go to some other type or some just get all, out of it altogether. But the people that are truly committed to real estate investing, let's talk about a few of the things that, to be very transparent, you're extremely versed on. Um, and one of those is distressed assets and how to make a profit. So tell listeners a little bit more about that.
1: Well, to me, real estate is how to maximize the value of the property, right? So mm-hmm. it doesn't matter if it's a, a single family home or a multifamily or mixed use or whatever it may be. And mm-hmm. when I did real estate coaching, I agree with your point because there was everyone thought they had to do a template. I have to do wholesaling then take wholesale and then, you know, they get in the fix, fix and flips and then I'm going to build a portfolio and then I'm going to have a, you know, going into commercial with apartments. And then after that, you know, it's gravy train, Right. Mm-hmm. But not everyone enjoys those things. You know, it's not. It's not like I don't enjoy wholesaling. I feel like I'm spinning my wheels. I've utilized wholesaling, mm-hmm. but I've, I, it's not something I've employed full time. And mm-hmm. so, what I always say to people is like, "What do you enjoy? What do you enjoy doing?" Right. So, mm-hmm. for yourself, you enjoy the interaction with a potential buyer or seller, and how to help them maximize the value of their property, mm-hmm. whether that's through your advertising, your marketing, how you show the property, your connections or mm-hmm. all those things right so those are the things that which you are doing to maximize the potential or value of that property mm-hmm. and for me re- that is what real estate is about so if i can look at a property that is distressed and that has a, a huge variety of words and mm-hmm. for for what we've been doing on the commercial side is we're taking an empty box or an underutilized box and figuring out how we can get the most revenue out of that box and for us Like when we bought a a vacant building in downtown Dayton, it couldn't be converted into apartments because they couldn't have enough parking. Mm -hmm. They had no other property to have parking and the basement didn't allow itself to line up with cars Mm -hmm. to efficiently get enough density in the building. Mm -hmm. And so for us, we could go in there and fill it with 800 lockers and we could increase the revenue of the property and increase the valuation of the property.
0: Mm -hmm. And so
1: that's exactly what we're doing. We're taking a building that is being repurposed Changing the use of it and then creating more value out of
0: it. You know, there's a term, and I'm losing it right now that I think is obsolete or something. So basically, when you have a property that the highest and best use of the property is not being achieved, then the building is going to considered to be obsolete. So you know, that probably would fit in that umbrella of words that you could assign under distressed. Correct. It's something that's not being properly utilized or could be better utilized. And you guys approach it and, and take it and, okay, let's repaint the canvas. And I'm going to stay on storage for just a moment, but I, w- I want to get um, to a couple other points. But one of the things that I, I see a lot of, and I imagine you do it, is where people take perhaps older dated self-storage locations, and then they go and, and raise the entire site and then maybe build a, a larger high-rise or larger storage facility to be able to place more lockers there. As you were saying, is that something that you guys do as well?
1: We have never taken down a building to build self-storage. So all we've done is we've converted existing buildings Mm -hmm. and we've expanded on existing properties. And then we've also built new on vacant properties. But for us, we see the value in the existing building because like the one in Toledo or Dayton, I'm buying them for around a million dollars. Which is like eleven dollars per square foot. It's well yes. below replacement cost. <laughs> I can't I can't build a building for that. So why tear
0: it down and build a different building? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you know, that's something that a lot of people don't think about as well. There is a a cost associated with. So if you can have a space, repurpose the space, there's a significant savings on redeveloping overall Blown about you have a development company. So there's money that you make in development. And especially if you're doing development for somebody else, you make a fee. In that development, but when you're redeveloping, then you're able to save them significant money while you still obviously would would make a fee. So you're a big passive investment guy. Obviously, you know, money making money is a whole lot better than you making money, even though you making money is great too. So, you know, you have a a few what we refer to as kind of tips that things that you that you live by, that you swear by, that people should be doing. So give us kind of, Scott, a a, a taste of that, an introduction of, of that. What are some things that, you know, someone who's looking to establish themselves to build, really build, grow, accumulate wealth, what things should they be doing and what mechanisms should they be utilizing to get there? Well, I think we've touched on a couple of them already in terms of one, you make your money on the buy,
1: on the acquisition. And so what we're doing is we're looking at how we can buy below market rate. Mm-hmm. So, you know, for instance, we just bought, um, nine acres of property in Michigan and it was $150,000. The mm-hmm. reason why it was so inexpensive for us was because it didn't have the proper zoning. And so we took it through the proper zoning. And then right before we were supposed to close, the owner tried to retrade us because mm-hmm. he knew that we increased the valuation of it. And we're like, no, we have a contract by doing that, by changing again, we changed the purpose of the property, changed the valuation of the property. And now the property is worth more. Mm-hmm. And so that that's just one example. So when we're buying these, Buildings well well below replacement cost. That's the other one is, you know, we're buying, we're making our money on the buy. And a lot of people are speculating. So when I've seen, I've been through four recessions. I'm going to call what we're in now a recession. So this is, we're entering our fifth one. And whenever I've seen it right before the recession, everyone is speculating on the future and they're buying based upon the speculation Mm -hmm. as opposed to buying based upon the market. That's where a lot of people get burnt. Because they think that the property is always going to appreciate, and so when I've seen markets that are just taking off, people are buying overpriced, not thinking that it's just going to this process just going to continue. And there, there's always an end, you know. There, there's a, that's the thing about real estate. Once you think think you have it completely figured out, it's going to make a turn on you. I mean, who thought 08, 09, right? Yeah, and um, you know that was a, a major turn that we've never seen before. An entire massive bank in the United States just going under because of how they did things. And how that imploded the entire economic structure. This structure is a little bit different. We've never printed this much money before. You know, mm-hmm. we've never gone through, you know, one, a pandemic and then two, a uh, supply chain. And mm-hmm. just the amount of cash that we're flooding the market with, It's mm-hmm. gonna. It, it has to cause a recession because of yeah. inflation. Yeah. So what's the only thing that the Fed can do? The only thing they can do is raise interest rates, which is going to what? Slow down the economy. It's not. Brain surgery, right? I mean, what <laughs> the underlying causes are due but not the re, the results of these things, right? Does that make sense?
0: Yes, makes perfect sense.
1: And so what we're doing is we're always looking at how we can do it on the buy. We're always making sure that we can do it on the buy. And then the second thing is how we can reposition the property in a better situation so that we can maximize it. Now, if we're taking, it's hard to do with a condo, right? You can't expand a condo. You mm-hmm. can't make a two-bedroom condo into a three-bedroom condo mm-hmm. unless you buy another condo. So when, when we look at a, multi-fam, a single-family house, if you put a, an addition on it, you put a second story on it, you turn it yeah. from a two-bedroom into a three-bedroom or a three-bedroom yeah. into a four-bedroom. These are all ways in which you can make the property of more value. Or if you're looking at doing development, if you can get you – know, when I first did my 400-unit development that I was my master's thesis, we started off with 1,000 units and the municipality kicked us all the way down to 400. Mm-hmm. And you know we figured out we could still make it work at 400. But imagine if we got 1,000 units, how much mm-hmm. more value that property would be compared to 400. Mm-hmm. And so there's always ways in which to see how you can improve the valuation of the property by income, density, um, mm-hmm. those sorts of things. So those are the two massive things that we do.
0: So you touched on something there because a lot of people don't, don't realize that. And even Let's say when, when they're on the other side. So, you know, for example, you have a, a piece of property that you're selling to a potential developer who's looking to put whatever there, whether it be self-storage, whether it be another commercial development or, or even a residential, you know, small residential development or what have you. The value is is based upon and predicated upon what you can place there. And a lot mm-hmm. of people miss that, Scott. They think, well, you know, they kind of think tunnel vision one way. And like you said, you plan a thousand units and the municipality ticked you back and said, no, you can't put, you know, any more than 400 here. So that is definitely a massive difference in value for that property because of the use. And a lot of people miss that. That's interesting. Now, you guys do a lot of, well, well, let me ask you this. We still work with investors directly, you know, with your company. Do you still leverage investor funds and things of that nature?
1: For we, your yeah, we do. And we're actually moving in in a groundbreaking new direction with that as well. So every one of my projects, since I started in 1998 with a single family house, mm-hmm. we've had investors. So we, in that project, we had three investors. We sold it and, you know, they did very well. And mm-hmm. they said, do it again and don't tell anybody.
0: <laughs>
1: I was like That means I got to tell everybody. <laughs>
0: <laughs>
1: so... Um, you know, and a lot of people are like, well, I, you know, I don't know anybody. I don't know mm-hmm. any. And you know, at that first project, we raised a hundred thousand mm-hmm. dollars. And people say, well, I don't know anybody who has a hundred thousand dollars.
0: Okay, mm-hmm.
1: do you know two people with fifty thousand?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: No. Do you know three people with three? You know, thirty-three thousand mm-hmm. dollars. Ten people with ten thousand dollars. Whatever yeah. it is, you, you, it actually becomes easier to raise more money than it is to raise a small amount of money. Because mm-hmm. if you're trying to raise $40,000 then people say, well, why don't you, why can't you do it on your own?
0: Mm-hmm. Don't you
1: have $40,000? Mm-hmm. Well, the answer is I do, but if I put $40,000 into this, then I'm not going to be able to do other things.
0: Mm-hmm. So,
1: but I'm trying to include you in this in order for us to both grow. And
0: mm-hmm. that's
1: where the team element comes. Mm-hmm. But one of the things that we're looking and doing is we're getting into blockchain mm-hmm. because blockchain okay. is, I think is going to replace the title companies in terms of the the transactions
0: mm-hmm.
1: but the the derivative of the blockchains is the coin is the crypto side of the world
0: mm-hmm. and,
1: and we've created a new coin called store and store is going to be not only an investment tool but it's going to be traded at the store at the self-storage and we have a network of self-storage owners across the country that all have their facilities which will be able to utilize this coin as mm-hmm. an incentive for their For their customers, and the customers can work within any of the one of these networks. But the idea of it is, someone is looking to take crypto and convert it back into a tangible hard asset. They're going to be able to do that through the store coin.
0: Oh, that is whoa! Hold on, hold on. Let me me, hold on. Let me get my head, put my cap back on because that just blew my mind right there. That is amazing, man. So essentially, essentially, you're developing a excuse me a currency within the industry to utilize for people to be able to utilize and trade and do things within the system. Is is that what I just heard? Yeah. So two sides
1: of it. If you have crypto Mm -hmm. and and let's say it's in Bitcoin or doggy, whatever it is, you can Mm -hmm. convert it into store and invest it into a tangible hard asset, self storage. And as the valuation of the coin will increase, your investment will increase. And by, you know, all the facilities increasing in value it's going to bring up the value of the coin. So the coin is tied to a tangible hard asset but then also our customers, not our investors, our customers will be able to use the store coin as well. So if they want to make a payment, they can pay in coin or if they want to invest in the project, they can invest in store coin. But the idea of it is that if they move from, let's say, Toledo to Dayton or wherever, they can transfer that account. And they can transfer that coin to the next facility.
0: That is amazing, man. You know, one of the things, Scott, that, you know, when you talk about crypto and talk with multiple people, you know, you kind of got different schools of thought. I mean, obviously, you 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 know that you have some school of thought that obviously this is what everything is going to be in the future. Let's go. And then you have the others that kind of question, well, it's not tied to anything. So you have a, a currency that is tied to a hard asset, to a fixed asset. That building ain't going, quote unquote, ain't going anywhere. That is listeners, guys, y'all have got to Got to get your hands and your mind around this piece of it. Now, Scott, you know we've been we've been talking for a little bit. I want to make sure our listeners. Obviously, you know, for our listeners that if you guys hit our at our website, you'll be able to pull Scott's information from there. Follow us on our social media pages. But for our listeners that may not get over onto our website, get over on our media channels or what have you. Scott, how can people get in contact with you? Well, I really appreciate that. The best way to get hold of us is at info
1: at Coda, dot That's info at CodaMG.com. And what we do is if anyone referenced this show, we will give them two free gifts. So the first one is a feasibility study that we did on one of our properties, which not only talks about the self-storage industry as a whole, but it also talks about why we, why we should invest in that specific location, because the self-storage market is three to five mile radius. It's mm-hmm. not like a city, it is a specific mm-hmm. demographic, so mm-hmm. when we do this feasibility study, it's for that specific location, so you can see like why it's beneficial to do that. It mm-hmm. has all the different factors that go into it and and it's third party, mm-hmm. so that's why you know it's not our assessment. it's someone else's confirming what we've already determined
0: mm-hmm.
1: The second thing is we'll give them a self storage deal analyzer, so you can compare it to like a multifamily or single family so all you have to do is plug in the numbers and then we'll generate the rate of return and the calculations for you. So we will get send out those two free gifts for anybody who
0: referenced this show. Look here, if y'all don't tune in and get that right there, look here. When you started talking about your you and most people, when people move, you know, people use, if they have more stuff or something, whatever's going on, they use a facility that's close to them. You know, they're not traveling 20, 30 miles to put their stuff in storage. They're using a facility that's right there next to them. So, in this analysis, I'm pretty sure, Scott, that you know, you guys kind of take in account in this radius, how many households are there? How many are renters? How many are owners? There's probably a formula as a, as a number of people, like demographic wise, whether owner or, or renter, that use a st- self storage facilities. Everybody's attached to stuff. So, and, and you're the guy that keeps stuff. You're you're that guy. I keep your stuff. Hold on. That that should be a mantra for Scott Crone. I keep your stuff. You know that's what we do. So we
1: should have called you before we came up with one stop (laughs) self storage. We thought that was pretty good, but yours is better, man.
0: (laughs) I love it. So that that is impressive. And and you know we missed that piece again. We always are so focused. Like you said, you made a, a gradual migration. And as you made this migration, you made massive improvements. Massive. I'm a Grant, you know, Cardone fan. We we talk about massive change and massive impact in your business by positioning yourself or going from this over to this. That is boom, mind blown, man.
1: You well, there, there's two things about that that I mean, one is the industry is moving and adjusting, right? But the coin is the byproduct of the blockchain. Mm-hmm. And I think blockchain is the real technology where all of this is going. Mm-hmm. Because if you think about it, you know, it didn't click for me until I learned more about the blockchain. But what the blockchain is, is a contract. And what happens is when all the elements of the contract come in, that contract is locked. And then the the contract is then dispersed across the internet into different servers so that it's in high-level encryption. And so mm-hmm. in order to see what's in there, you have to have the keys, if you will, to, to, to see what that contract is. But that contract cannot be facilitated until all those things happen. What is a title company? A title company is basically an analog blockchain. Mm And so we're thinking that the entire real estate industry, as well as the law industry, is going to be going to a blockchain. As the byproduct of that is the coin. So when people invest in the blockchain,
0: they create a coin. So the coin is just simply a byproduct. That is awesome. That's awesome. And that is such forward thinking, Scott. Such forward thinking. So Scott, we've had an amazing show, man. We're back to the, the part that I don't like because it's like you, you can <laughs> continue the conversation like forever. Because you literally have been blowing my mind over here with, with that concept. And you know, I'm one of these people that when I start looking at and and because I'm a serial entrepreneur. I don't, I'm I'm sure you are too. So every time oh, I see it, one, it down at the bottom of here with all the different <laughs> web pages that you got here, right? So it's like, OK, we can do this. We can do this. Oh, this could be done. and Let's do this. And you start. And it's like my wife says this thing. It's um, she she says she sees my matrix. It's like she like, I, like she sees and it's like a bunch of calculus formulas and all this stuff that comprises the vision that I see. So, man, you got a heck of a matrix, my man. You have a heck of a matrix and our listeners need to be in contact with you. So, Scott, I want to thank you so much for, for being on the show today as we wrap up for our listeners guys, I want you to, I want y'all to break Scott's email. Okay. <laughs> info at Coda Management. So info at dot gcom Right, Scott? That is correct. I want y'all to break his email. I want him to look and be like, oh shoot, what did I do? So
1: I got to change my, if that happens, I got to change all my marketing for, you know, uh, <laughs> we keep your stuff,
0: you know, <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> Because this is this is where, where we need to go. and And I'm saying this, guys, you know what our mantra here is about financial literacy and real estate education and about legacy. And we always approach it from the initial step when we can hustle up and we can be much further along. This is that phase. 23 is that year, guys, for us to hustle up. All right. So we need to hustle up and we need to hustle up to people like Scott. We need to call Scott. Hey, Scott, I'm here. All right. What can I do? Teach me. Let me know something. Give me some ideas. Hey, how can I invest with you? How can I do this? How this is going to benefit me and my family? Because we want to make sure that we show up so we don't get showed on. So that's, that's one of the things that we want to focus on. So, Scott, again, thank you so much for, for being on the show today. Um, I appreciate you. Um, for our listeners, guys, for our listeners, y'all know what I say. Y'all know that I mean it because I say it all the time and I embody it with you. I love you. I love you. I love you. And we're going to see you guys out there in those streets. Guys, that was a great show today. And we thank you so much for taking the time to listen to Exit Strategies Radio Show. My name is Corwin J. Millette. Yes, that is me. And I thank you from the bottom of my heart for tuning in for today's episode. Exit Strategies is my baby. It is how I give back to our community. It is how I foster goodwill spread good news and trustfully help you get great results guys as i always say to you as i always say to you i love you i love you i love you and we're gonna see you guys out there in the streets